Coming up on Hold the Middle, we break down the last 10 minutes of Running with the Devil. We're two busy dads who don't have time to watch the whole movie. So we watch just the beginning and end of a movie, then try our best to fill in the gap. I'm Dan. I'm Steven. And, and this, this is Hold, Hold the Middle. Stephen, I'm going to bring something up from a couple weeks ago just because I just read about it. and it's Oh, so no, annoying. not another Verizon commercial, is it? <laughs> it absolutely is. Thank goodness. It's not another commercial, um, <laughs> but I did see an article about Paul Giamatti and his Verizon ads and how poorly perceived they are. And the, <laughs> the title was of it, the... Was it written the, by a guy named Dan? No. Uh, the title of the article is Paul Giamatti's Verizon ads have fans all saying the same thing. And you can you can guess what that is. It's we're so embarrassed for him. <laughs> <laughs> and there's quotes from a bunch of different people from Twitter and Reddit and some writer who tweeted something about uh you know, it just makes me sad. <laughs> I just thought that was wow. so funny. So you are the to, only one. No, it's definitely not definitely not just me. I don't want to say you or I were ahead of the curve um, because I think a lot of people were probably thinking this, but this article was just from two days ago. Oh, that's funny. So we, we were talking about it at the end of or before the end of 2022. Oh, for sure. Like, over for a sure. month ago. Yeah. I mean, the the Christmas ads started airing in like right around Thanksgiving, I think, because there was the let's see, he was playing a Scrooge. So it was almost all of December that ad was airing. And then right after Christmas became the next maybe four weeks worth of uh, Einstein ads. Do you think we'll get another one for the Super Bowl? I would not doubt it. Or really? Either I, I don't know. Either Einstein's the last one or we're going to get one more that'll air around the Super Bowl. I think we'll get one more. These things tend to come in threes. And... If nothing else, they've got people talking. That's true. What do they say? They, there's no such thing as bad publicity, or is it? There's no, no that's publicity. A, there's no publicity like bad publicity. I think you had it right the first time. There's no. <laughs> I think so too. <laughs> just yeah, just the fact. The whole point of commercial is just to get people talking about it, whether it's bad or good. I, I don't think advertisers really care. Yeah. Well, they're uh, they're getting what they want. We need to start a save Paul Giamatti campaign. Yeah, I think it might be too late. I don't know. No, it's not too late. Uh, all right, let's get into running with the devil. The last ten minutes. You want to? You want to kickstart this? All right. Well, where did we leave off first? I guess well, we left off ten minutes into the movie. That's right. That's, that's where we right. left off. Yeah. Thank you for clearing that up. We were introduced to a few different characters. Um, none of them had character names, but we met the agent in charge. We met the cook, played by Nicolas Cage. We met the man, played by Lawrence Fishburne. I was pretty confused at the end of the 10 minutes. I think you were. I think I'm like just as confused at the end of the movie as, as I was after the first 10 minutes. But the first thing that I see, and I know sometimes you and I start at like different places, but the very first thing, literally when I clicked play, I saw Leslie Bibb um, spitting at Barry Pepper. <laughs> so I, I started a few seconds before that. I saw all of that scene. 
<laughs> it's, so she comes into the room and she's basically accusing him of being the bad guy. And she says, you know, uh, uh, do you recognize this guy? And I don't know who she's showing him a picture of. And he's like, no, I've never seen him before. And she says, well, he got on an airplane yesterday to Columbia on a plane that's owned by your company. And he says, uh, well, you know, go on, go on. I'll play your game. And uh, and then um, it, it goes on for just another few seconds. And he explains to her that, look, people in the government are loaning money to Central and South America, and they're not repaying these loans with coffee beans. And that's when she says, uh, you know, you're so dirty. And she spits on his floor, which seems kind of dirty to me. It's, it was disgusting. That does fill in a gap for me because I – there, I think there's a later scene where it alludes to Barry Pepper being on the on the wrong side of things here. I thought that like he was telling her he's shutting down the operation, and she was she was upset at that. No, 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 no. She's the good guy. He's the bad guy. And then you know, she says, uh, "I'm going to get you." And he says, mm-hmm. uh, "Good luck." And she gives him the finger. She's, so he's she's, like he's like yeah. the mole. No, I think he's the brains behind the entire operation. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, he seems like a top executive in some big company. And he's the one who's pulling all the strings and everybody's working with Oh, him. he's not in the DEA? No, no, no. He's oh, good, I thought he was in the DEA. Gosh. I don't think so. No, no, no. He's he's one of the good guys. Or he's one of the bad guys in some corporation. Okay. That's that's what I gathered. We this. didn't see Barry Pepper in the first 10 minutes, so I, did I didn't not. know who he was. No, we did not. He, But he's he's a bad guy, for sure. Okay. All right. Got that. All right. Yeah. Next, we cut to another scene uh, where Cole Hauser and the man, played by Lawrence Fishburne, are leaving a hotel and they arrive at like some sort of storage unit slash warehouse kind of facility. Fishburne's wearing a suit now. He looks all cleaned up. Mm-hmm. He looks a lot better than he did in his, uh, in his introduction scene. Yeah. Uh, do you want to go through his introduction scene again or you think... No, I don't think you we think we're to. good. I think we okay. can. Yeah, I think if anybody talk. listened to the first episode, they remember that part. Yeah. yeah. I definitely don't want to talk about it again. <laughs> um, I, there's pallets of drugs everywhere, I noticed. And did you notice when he walked through the door, there's a sign on the door that says no fumar, which means no smoking. So, of course, he walks in and lights up a big cigar. He's, I did see the sign. Such, I didn't know what it meant. <laughs> such a rebel. Oh, man. <laughs> Well, not for long, because when he smokes the cigar and he says something like, where is everybody? He gets attacked from behind by Cole Hauser's character. Has a good thing ever happened after someone said in the movies, hey, where is everybody? No, I don't think so. Maybe, maybe a surprise party, which depending on what you like, you might think that's a bad thing. (laughs) Surprise party kind of sucks sometimes. Uh, Yeah, usually it ends up with someone getting beat up. Uh, And... Lawrence Fishburne, he ends up being the guy with the bag over his head from the beginning. Didn't didn't see that coming. Didn't we say? Didn't we say it's definitely not Lawrence Fishburne? <laughs> we said it's definitely a white guy. <laughs> I thought it was a white guy. I did too. I mean, the the guy wearing the bag is not Lawrence Fishburne, the actor. Like that's got to be his body double. I don't know. I'm not sure. Uh, he was no, naked. There's no way. There's no way Lawrence Fishburne got naked and put a bag over his head to to be in that scene. I don't know. After I saw what he did in the first scene, his first scene in the movie, I think that this is, I, I believe it. He probably did. You think so? There's yeah. no need. There's no need for them to use Fishburne though. If the guy's got a sack over his head. I don't know. 
Oh, I'm sure it was a body double. And that's why I didn't think it was him because it looks like a white guy. We'll ask him. Yeah, when we get him on the podcast. Yeah, maybe after a couple more movies that he's in, we'll get him on the podcast so we can ask him about all these movies. For yeah, sure. We can do it. Uh, so then uh, there's some weird shot of <laughs> a disgusting shot of Kohlhauser shaving off a piece of Lawrence Fishburne's arm. Probably a tattoo. And then Why would he have to it? cut the tattoo off? Because if they find his body, they don't want it to be identified. So oh, they- man, you're very familiar with the situation. <laughs> well, I've seen a lot of movies. <laughs> okay. Well, he this cuts the tattoo. I've, I've seen it in movies. It must be a real thing. I guess so. Well, something to uh, keep in mind. By the way, if it's not disgusting enough that they have to shave his tattoo off with a knife, then he feeds it to a dog, which was disgusting. Very gross. Oh. I would never do that to my dog. No. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if my dog would even go near it. I don't know. It was really gross. I mean, I thought the beginning was disgusting. This, I mean, now we've come back, we've got Leslie Bibbs spitting uh, on the floor. And it wasn't like a movie spit. It's usually like there's hardly anything there. It sounded like a big loogie. So congrats to the uh, sound guys or girls, uh, the sound department. It sounded like a big, huge thing of spit hit the ground. It was gross. Do you think that she, there is some sort of substance she puts in her mouth before the spit, or is that just her working up some spit in her mouth and spitting? She's an actress. She's professional. I'd say she she got the real thing. So that's her that's her saliva. I think so. She she I, yeah. And by the way, I realized uh, what I recognized her from when I first saw her. She was in Iron Man. She was. The she journalist. was. Yes. Yeah. yeah. She was in Iron Man one and two. I think. Yeah. She's the journalist, and, and that was where I I knew her face from. Correct. Uh, she's had a good career. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't look to see what other things she'd been in, but after I saw that, I was like, "That's that's it. That's where I know her from." She's definitely in the skulls with Pacey from Dawson's Creek. Never saw the skulls. Uh, yet another movie I've never seen. Did you uh, notice uh, all the fades to black? Yes, and it was driving me crazy. It was like it was every terrible. five seconds, there's a new scene, and then it fades to black and goes to the next scene. I specifically wrote down all of these scenes are five seconds long. They were so <laughs> short. <laughs> so I know. I mean, let's build to something, folks. Come on. Get me invested. The movie's 90 minutes long. It's not like we have to hurry up. We've got time. You gotta you would think the last 10 minutes, the bulk of that is like the eight ma- the eight minute climax scene. Yeah, nope. But nope. this is just a montage. Eight second climax scene. I know. Uh where do we leave off? Okay, so he fed the uh he fed the thing to the dog. And then it um, fades to black. Yeah. And then we're in a bar, like a little outdoor bar where um, Cole Hauser is sitting at the bar reading a corporate leadership book. I noticed that. I noticed Is that, that the same one that same Cage book. had at the beginning? Yep, same book. I thought so. I think I, that's a little bit of foreshadowing here, if you're paying attention, that those two are probably working together or allies in some way, because now he's reading the book that maybe Cage suggested he read. I thought either that or Hauser is planning to take over Cage's role. In the operation. Could be. Um, Because at this point, we don't know where Cage is. He could be dead for all we know. Yeah, that's right. At this point, we don't know. I I noticed the name of the book is literally Corporate Leadership. Right. Which reminded me of Nick Cage and Primal reading the real estate book or something like that. Oh, it just (laughs) says real estate guy. (laughs) So generic. Yeah. Uh, And then in the same scene, 
we see uh, Peter Facinelli kind of sitting at a table, just keeping an eye on Hauser, I guess. Mm -hmm. Peter Facinelli, he is the DEA. Yes, he is. He he is. He works with Leslie Bibb. And did you notice when uh, Cole Hauser got the bill, he paid for the bill with Lawrence Fishburne's wallet and money? Oh, I didn't notice that. They had just shown it a few minutes prior. That's cool. Good for him. Uh, Now we're back to the beginning. And the Weed Be Gone guy, which is what gets Cole Hauser, he takes Fishburne off the floor and outside to the pallets. Right. Yep. Yeah. He takes him outside. And then this time, which we didn't see in the in the original scene, uh, we see somebody pull the bag off of Fishburne's head. Yeah. And it's Nicolas Cage. And the man says, I watched you die. I watched you die. And then we cut to this flashback scene, which probably was in the movie at some point. Yep. Somewhere in the middle where uh, Nick Cage is like hanging off of a cliff. And pre- presumably falls to his death. Didn't fall. I watched it. I watched it again this morning. Fishburne was holding him and very obviously dropped him. And Cage falls from the cliff. Oh, like he couldn't hold one any longer. Yeah, I don't know. I think or you think it was intentional. First. I think it was intentional. Yeah. So he falls what, off the cliff. What were they doing out there? You think they were looking for a, a bonsai tree? I, no, I don't think so. No, I don't think, no. I uh, I have some predictions here. But, it reminded me of the scene from Karate Kid Three, where where uh, where where Daniel's, you know, trying to save the bonsai tree, and he's hanging off the the cliff by a rope. A classic movie moment. <laughs> uh, so Nick Cage falls, but he doesn't die. He's hurt. He's hurt pretty bad, and he made he makes a phone call to somebody. I I don't know how he has cell service out there. <laughs> he sur- but, not only that, but he survives like a like a fifty foot fall. Yeah. And I love, this is my favorite scene of the last 10 minutes. He takes his phone out and he presses one button and he screams. <laughs> he presses one button, he's like, ah! That's it. That's all he had to press. He just had to press one button and he yeah. made a phone call. He's got Barry Pepper on speed dial. Maybe, yeah. Uh, so do we want to wrap it up and we'll talk about what we think happened? Or do you want to talk about what we think happened right now before we get into the rest? Because this is where I've started writing down predictions. Okay, yeah, go ahead and talk about your prediction. Okay, I think Cage and Fishburne were on a mission to maybe steal some drugs. I'm not exactly sure, but they're in camo. They're in another country. Something went wrong. Maybe they got the drugs, but Fishburne double-crossed Cage and took the the drugs back and sold them to Barry Pepper, whoever Barry Pepper is in this scenario. He's definitely a guy with a lot of money. Now, Cage wants to know where that money is or where the drugs are. But, and now we're back at, this is no longer uh, predictions. This is what really happened. He says to uh, to Fishburne, who's there, he takes his mask off. Um, there, he already took his mask off, but he wants to know where the drugs are. Fishburne doesn't even say anything. He just hangs his head. And that's when they uh, light the match. Fishburne starts to feel the heat. This all this this all happened really fast. I don't know if you noticed that. Everything was going really fast. I don't know why they were in such a hurry to get to the end of this movie. Yeah, I mean this this whole scene's like a thirty second scene. Yeah, it's, it's super quick, of, even with the flashback. Yeah, it's a lot of stuff, and it really probably could have been drawn out for another ninety seconds. Did we hear any part of that phone conversation? No. While he's on the phone, he's talking to Fishburne. 
He's oh. not, so it's just a voiceover. He's he's not saying anything. All you hear from Cage when he's on the ground is the scream. I'll bet just, that there was a scene earlier from Barry Pepper's perspective getting that phone call. And we hear Pepper's side of the conversation, but we don't see who's on the other line. Maybe. I bet that was an earlier scene. We uh, Maybe. They do show a scene where Barry Pepper is taking a phone call, but Fishburne is walking through the door. That couldn't oh, line up, though. No. That couldn't line up because he had just dropped him. He had just dropped him. So it's oh, not like giving this, they're giving this movie a lot of credit. No, there's no way they would have done that. I mean, he couldn't just walk through the door in, in a suit after he literally just dropped him off a cliff. Well, we don't know how long Cage was laying there. Maybe he was out for a couple of days. Could could be. That's true. Could be. Um, anyway. He lets uh, Fishburne feel the heat for just a couple seconds. Instead of, yeah, it looks like they're just going to let Fishburne burn alive. Like that's yes. the intention here because they have all these wooden pallets around him. Yeah. But Cage can't can't wait. He can't, <laughs> he can't wait. contain himself and decides to shoot him three times to kill him. Why did they go to all the theatrics of lighting these pallets on fire? If he's only going to be burning I don't for know. a few seconds. I don't know. And the way that, the, the way that Cage propped the gun up like on his arm it was so weird looking yeah it was his acting here was not great either it was it was it was uh it was kind of weak yeah i i I don't know i think the plan was to 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 burn him alive and make him suffer but the cook just couldn't just couldn't couldn't contain himself yep he had to hurry up and put those rounds in peter faccinelli the agent he was around the corner from that building, the whole time all of this stuff is going on. I guess he's sneaking around. Yeah. Sar heard what happened either way. But then when they get to the airport and Cage is going home, Peter Facinelli is in, in there too. But they don't interact at all. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, another scene that's like 10 seconds long. Really short. Yeah, like they fade to black. And then when we fade up again, we're in an airport bathroom. Cage is like washing his hands. Facinelli's right next to him combing his hair. And neither one of them says anything. And that's the end. That's the end of that scene. It's like, it's five seconds. It's ridiculous. That's also a rap for Facinelli. Yeah. Like I kept him. waiting for him to do something, to take action or shoot somebody or something. Uh, I don't think he had a line in the, fi- in the final 10 minutes. No, that's, he, yeah, you're right. So Cage is back in the U.S. Uh, he's with a uh, pregnant woman, which it wasn't super clear, but pretty sure it's his wife. Uh, and he talks about how glad he is to be home. That was that, that wasn't the uh, the soccer coach from the beginning. Oh, I don't think so. She wasn't okay. pregnant at the beginning anyway. I, uh, this could yeah, have been you're right. Year. You're know. right. I think I guess it's just his wife, and she said it's glad glad to have you home. And he said I'm glad to be home. That's the end of that scene. Another yeah. well, five he seconds. does he does take a few seconds to remove his necklace and lay it on the table. Oh, I didn't notice that for no. There's no good reason for it. Just while they're sitting there drinking tea or whatever, he takes off his like necklace and lays it on the table. Hmm. Interesting. I, I don't know. I thought maybe, okay, that symbolizes a weight has been left, lifted off. I don't know. Maybe. I don't and know. The, the, the actress or the wife, she doesn't say anything in the scene and she's just sitting there like rubbing her belly. No, she says something. She says uh, something like, glad to have you back or glad. Oh, okay. To, are you glad to be home or how do you feel or does, only, does it hurt? Because he's got, he's on crutches. I was distracted by her rubbing her belly. She kept rubbing her belly. (laughs) 
So now we're back at the pizza. Place. Yeah, we're almost there. I know we've talked about like eight scenes now, but we're yeah. still not at the end of the 10 minutes, but we're, we're almost there. <laughs> we're back at the pizza parlor. And the agent walks in and he says, Leslie uh, Bibb. he greets her. Yeah, Hold Leslie. on. She, she's walking in and as she's walking to the kitchen, she's on the phone ordering pizza. Yes. which Even I though she's not. in a pizza place. Right. She's ordering from some other, from some rival pizza place. <laughs> from his competitor. <laughs> and I did notice, because I, this is stuff I pay attention to, she ordered a large pepperoni pizza and a small pineapple and ham. Wow, she's hungry. <laughs> I think, uh, I think it's for, I don't know. I assume she's got family members or something. Oh, maybe the small uh, ham, ham and uh, pineapple is for her niece. Oh, yeah, good call. The girl from the beginning. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, so she gets to the kitchen and she shows her badge. Mm -hmm. And um, she starts to light a cigarette. And the cook says, please don't smoke in my kitchen. And then uh, she basically goes on a rant about losing her sister and like nothing ever changing. So she's clearly frustrated that she wasn't able to to really do anything about, you know, the crimes that have been committed and the death of her sister. Right. Or um, just the drug trade in general. Yeah. I think she says she's been fighting it. It's a losing battle. I don't, and she might say we've been fighting it. I think she means globally, the world, law enforcement, fighting drugs. And But what are we doing it for? No one's going to get caught. Guys like him. The, she the does drug. have a weird line. She said, it's like one giant, never-ending, self-licking ice cream cone. Yeah, it was. I didn't even want to write it down. I was embarrassed. So weird. Whoever wrote that, it was yeah. awful. Awful line. Yeah. What the hell is a self-licking ice cream cone? <laughs> I don't know. I feel like they could have come up with something much better. <laughs> so dumb. <laughs> uh, so she takes out a gun, and he's like, "What's that for?" <laughs> and she shoots him. Shoots him three times. Yeah. Yeah. Dead. Picks up the bullets. She picks up the bullets. But that's all she does. She's this is so sloppy. I mean, in real life, she's gonna be she'll be captured, caught, convicted easily. Her fingerprints are all over the place. Yes, she, she wasn't wearing in. gloves. No, not at all. This was sloppy. Very sloppy. Uh, I don't know what her plan is. Maybe she's gonna be a vigilante. Maybe she's gonna she was already planning to go on the run. And she just wanted to deal with this quickly. She but, is at her wit's end and she just wants somebody to pay the price. Yeah. So Cage dies. It's yeah, the, the cook is movie. dead. Not the first movie we've seen him die at the end. No. And uh, he left a pot of, of, of boiling water on the stove. <laughs> oh, no. She, she could have at least turned that off before she left. Yeah. She really added uh, insult to injury. She killed him and she ordered the pizza from a different place. <laughs> <laughs> She could have. She should have just uh, stuck around there and made her own pizzas before leaving and taking them home with her. True, probably wouldn't have been as good. She knows what she can do. She's a cop. She's not a cook. Not a pizza maker. Not a pizza maker. Well, she just killed one of the best pizza pie <laughs> makers in the town, probably. She did. Uh, and uh, that's the end of that scene. Yeah, we do get and the credits do begin. You know, we get the directed by Jason Cable. Um, immediately after that scene, but then there's a couple post-credit scenes. Yeah, um, oh, there's a couple. I only saw one. There's two. There's two. They're, I didn't see they're back to back. 
I only saw the one. I oh, saw what? the one. I, I hope know, you no, saw the second one. I, I did. I, I saw them both. The Colombian okay. mom. Colum- Colombian mom taking the kids back to school again, right? Yes. The first okay. one is the Colombian mom dropping her girls off at school. Yeah. She tells uh, the headmaster, play, played by uh, Elia from Top Chef, that she'll be picking them up early again. This time, the headmaster says, perfect. I don't know what the heck that means. I, I I don't know. I assume if we saw the middle of the movie, this there'd be some more context here. You would assume, but you never know. Okay. But so did you see the next scene? I did. Okay. We yes. get another, a bonus post-credit scene. This is the most confusing scene in the whole movie for me. Okay. Uh, we, I, I, go ahead. Okay. We get Clifton Collins Jr. Are you familiar with this guy? Not at all. Oh, he's, he's one of these actors who has been in like a bunch of stuff but never been like the leading man. Okay. Uh, he was actually in traffic, which is funny. Oh, weird. But uh, so that's Clifton Collins Jr. Who we have not met in the first or last 10 minutes of the movie. And he's standing in front of like a green pasture. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks like he's kind of, he's hiking. I, I think it's pretty clear. He's standing in front of a green screen. Oh, did you think so? I didn't. Yeah, I, didn't I think that. so. And we get a shot of him standing, sort of stepping in the frame and he stops and then turns toward the pasture and starts walking. Mm-hmm. But the weird thing is we see the same shot three times in a row. Right. And they just like dissolve into each other. Okay. I'm, I already had an idea of what I, what I thought he was doing, but I think your explanation of what the lady from top chef was doing and, or what she said really brings it together. So what I think he's doing is he's looking for that farm. It's hidden somewhere out in the out there in the countryside. He's trying to find it. I think he's a cop, some sort of Colombian officer or agent, and he's trying to find this drug farm. Okay. Now oh. I think the uh, the school administrator has probably um, told them uh, the the authorities, Colombian authorities, about this drug farm that's out there and who works there. And this is how you can find them. So he has followed them as far as he could. And now he's going back time after time, like searching this area for wherever this hidden farm is. So he hikes to where as far as he knows. And then he's he's doing like a grid. So this time I'm going to go in this direction. This time I'm going to walk farther in this direction. This time I'm going to go in this direction. That's what I think is happening. Interesting. I think that's a valid explanation. It makes sense to me. Yeah. Uh, I did. When I watched it, I didn't know what the heck that was. (laughs) Like, especially how it kept dissolving and showing the same. It's not the exact same shot because he's wearing a different hat or a different shirt. And the hat is worn differently each time. Yeah. But it's the same background every single shot. Right. I just think he always heads in a slightly different direction once he gets to that spot. Interesting. Yeah, uh, it seems to me like they just put up a green screen and brought Clifton Collins in for a day and just had him do this shot over and over and over. I think they – it didn't look like green screen to me. It looked real. I think it would be cheaper to just go find a hill. I guess. At first, I thought it was a different movie. <laughs> like they just p- accidentally picked up the wrong strip from the cutting room floor and spliced it into the end of this movie. It took that – that could be what happened. I don't know. I don't this know. What... I, I'll, I will buy your, your explanation. All right. We never saw Adam Goldberg. But right. I did, yeah. I did it's see, a shame because I really like him. 
Yeah, I saw an IMDb role. I saw an IMDb that his role in the movie is the snitch. So I think we got robbed of another one of those big uh, title cards with the name of the person. He probably got killed halfway through the movie. Well, if his name's the snitch, probably. Yeah, I guess now that we've seen it, we can look up the movie and see what the other characters are called. Yeah, I definitely will. I want to know what happened the rest of the movie. I wonder uh, what uh, Cole Hauser's character is. Hmm. Oh, let's see. While you're looking for that, I can go ahead and say uh, the Rotten Tomatoes recap. Um, 24% from critics on 25 reviews, 37% from the audience. Uh, the running theme among the reviews is that the movie was just full of cliches. Uh, Rex Reed says, Running with the Devil is yet another generic drug trade thriller that defies coherence, embraces cliches, and wastes the time and talent of Nicolas Cage. At least he's recognizing that Nicolas Cage has talent. Massive talent. He has an unbearable (laughs) weight of massive talent. He sure does. And our buddy uh, Brian Orndorff from uh, Blu-ray.com. Our buddy. (laughs) Says the film has enough cross-country concentration to pass. Highlighting levels of profits and paranoia. He gave it a B. A B. Wow. Uh, yeah. He okay. Liked it. Even 24%, like that is low, but that's not nearly as low as some of these other movies we've watched. No, we, we saw one that was in the single digits. I'm positive. Did you find out what Cole Hauser's character's name is? Yeah, and it's it's appropriate. His character name is the executioner. Oh, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> The execution. Peter Facinelli was number one. Barry Pepper was the boss. JT Holmes, who I recognize, we didn't see him. He was the border jumper. Clifton Collins is uncredited. Do you think the executioner was a good guy or a bad guy? He looked like a bad guy to me. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) The executioner is a bad guy. Uh, All right. Well, that's it for that that one. What, uh, what is our next movie? Oh, we always forget to talk about that. Well, we do have one more we can watch on Hulu if oh, we want to stick with Hulu. Yeah, that's great. Um, Willie's Wonderland. Oh, okay, good. I thought this wasn't on our list. It wasn't, but uh, it, it is now. Okay. Because um, I noticed yeah. it was on Hulu. I'm excited to see what Willie's Wonderland is all about. I know it has to do with um, animatronics and Nicolas Cage. That's all I know. Sounds good. I'm stoked. This will be fun. Cool. Well, is that it? That's it. That's it for this week. Anything else from you? We should get, um. what's the Blu-ray.com guy's name? Brian Orndorff. We should get Brian Orndorff on the show. Why don't we tag him in some of, in some of our posts on Instagram? <laughs> and he'll know that we've been citing his work. All right. Very good. Yeah. He does. He does all the work. He doesn't just watch 20 minutes of the movie. So he his his opinion on this is probably a little bit more educated than ours is. Uh, I wouldn't have given it a B based on what I saw, but he saw the whole movie. I wonder if we could get away being movie reviewers and only watching the beginning and end of the movie. Do you think people like would catch ask, on? I'd like to ask Brian if he's ever only watched 20 minutes of a movie and that's written a, a review. That's a good question. Write that down for our our interview of Brian Orndorff. (laughs) The big episode we do at the end of the season. The big finale. The big finale. Yeah. All right, great. Well, I'm looking forward to Willie's Wonderland.
All right. I'll talk to you about the first 10 minutes of Willie's Wonderland next week. Sounds great. See you then. Bye. If you like this podcast, please tell your friends and find us on Instagram at Hold the Middle. 